Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle face Manchester City at 12.30 on Saturday afternoon. The early kickoff. I'm joined as per by John Gibson. Before we talk about the visit of uh, last year's champions, John, we do have to reflect on the weekend just gone. It's devastating not to be coming on to this episode celebrating Newcastle United lifting the Carabao Cup. What are your reflections a few days on? Well, yes, it, it is it is a, a crushing blow. Um, I do feel with hindsight the, the final just come at the wrong time for us. If it had come three months ago when Newcastle were in full flight, you know, just before Christmas uh, and Manchester United weren't, it's just flipped. The coin had just flipped. We were in a, a, a bit of a dip, a bit of a rut. And they'd gone flying, flying, flying. So it came at the wrong time for us. I thought we played quite attractively uh, up to the two goals in six minutes uh, stage. Uh, but after that, they man managed the game so much better in the second half. And, um, you know, the worrying thing, I guess, is that the, the defence, which is the best in the Premier League, is now getting punctured. And we aren't, we're continuing not to score goals. So there, there are problems to put right. And then, you know, there's still a long way of the season to go. And I don't know whether that's good news, Andrew, or bad news, because uh, unless we get out of the habit we're in, it, it isn't such great news. And um, it's difficult to see how Eddie's going to change the current trend. He's going to have to be very bold. Um, you mentioned there the defence same old mistakes creeping in the first goal especially you know you, if you're a sensor back you have to be making sure you get your head on that Casemiro just wanted it more and we've spoken about it John plenty of times in the last few weeks on both this episode the episode with Aaron and all the build up to, to the final the, the worry is is that Newcastle aren't doing the basics at the back it was another goal especially that first one that was entirely avoidable uh, and then they faced Manchester City on Saturday and if you allow them Similar opportunities, Manchester City will punish you. Eddie Howe will be frustrated at that, yeah. won't he? That they've, they've conceded the first goal in a major final in such a bad manner. Yeah, I mean, to be truthful, I mean, we were at one stage impregnable. We were almost at the situation where Arsenal used to be called Arsenal 1 0 because if they scored a goal, the game was over. And we had a period where we were going through that defensively. 
but we've started to concede the most elementary of goals. I mean, at St James's Park, remember, back to back, we conceded goals from two corners. And this was another set piece of free kick. Now, these are the easiest things to defend because you've got time to mark up. In open play, you can get caught out of position and by the time you retrieve your position, it's too late, the ball's in the net. But on set pieces, you've got time to mark up. And on two corners when we conceded back post goals and on this one, we had time to mark up with big guys around to get their head to the ball. Uh, Casemiro showed what a, a different class he is. He may have reached a certain stage of his career, but his hunger's never waned. And as you said, he wanted it more than we wanted. It was a bad goal. And the first goal in a major final is, is a bad, is a killer goal to concede anyway. But it, was, it wasn't good um, by any means. And that is a worrying. And of course, the continued the continue situation where we just can't score enough uh, is equally a worry. And so there, there's a worry at both ends going into the what is only the beginning of the second half of the season, really. Do you think, John, that the occasion maybe got the better of the players? I asked Aaron this on, on uh, Wednesday's, uh, Tuesday's episode, um, just about the occasion. It was, it was a really special weekend. The fans really enjoyed themselves. First final in, in 24 years. But from this point on, it now needs to become routine doesn't it? it needs to become less of occasion and more of the norm and i know that's easy to sit here and say that you can still enjoy yourself just as much as the last final uh, you know but i think from a playing side a football inside it has to become more routine and therefore the occasion hopefully won't get the better of newcastle the next time around well i i, I mean looking at the rest of the season and who taking that because that's immediate problem and I don't think the final got to Newcastle. Newcastle just continued the form that they've been in all year. I mean, you said last week, and we were all enthusiastic in terms of being hopeful because it was Wembley, but you said last week, all I have to do is play at their best and we can win. The trouble is they haven't played at their best this year. This year they haven't played it the best, so why suddenly could they turn it on like a tap? If we look at the situation, and I look back at it, Andrew, on Boxing Day, when we won for the sixth time in a row in the Premier League, on, on the actual day of Boxing Day, we were third top above Spurs and Manchester United. Now Spurs are four points above us and Manchester United are whopping eight points above us. Since Boxing Day, we've had one win in the league and scored only three goals. Um, you know, and we're going into the game this weekend. It, we went through the first half of the season with only one Premier League defeat, you know, the 98th minute at Liverpool, and one FA Cup defeat when we put out really nearly the reserve side. Now... We'll go to Manchester City facing the possibility of three losers on the bounce to Liverpool, Manchester United, and then Manchester City. That's what waits for us if if we don't get our act together. They I don't think the occasion got on top of the team at Wembley, but you know, it, it, all they did was continue, sadly, 
and we all hope for different things and we all appreciate what happened at the beginning of the season and are very grateful for it after being in a relegation fight. We're not underestimating or dismissing the wonderful first half of the season Newcastle's had. But all they're doing at the moment is continuing their form. It's almost predictable. You know, we're saying, oh, well, Liverpool at home, revenge will get we up. Wembley, revenge will give us a lift. This will happen, that will happen. We've, we've drawn with some very average sides recently. And um, all we did at Wembley, if we're being very harsh, is continue in the, in the vein we have been in. And now what faces Eddie is lifting a squad that may feel with Wembley gone and etc, uh, etc. Et it's just a mundane run into the end of the season and feel a little flat. He's got to lift the spirits, not of one player or two players, but the whole squad, and, and say, how can I refresh the side? <clears throat> and that is limited what he can do. But there are things, which no doubt we'll talk about later, team selection, there are things he can do to refresh it. But something's got to happen because we're in a trend and, and we've got to get out of that. Something different has to happen. And, of course, that's what Eddie, who's done so brilliantly for us all season, has got to find the answer to this conundrum right now or the season dies on us. It's interesting you mention that because I'm sure the players have just got to look at the league table and see, although Spurs have leapfrogged them in the table, they've got two games in hand on Spurs. They could be back in the top four should they win that, should the form pick up. There is real, real cause to to step it up again because Newcastle are battling for top four football. There is a chance to qualify, you know, for the Champions League. Of that, course. That's got to be motivation. We all know that. We all know that and that's there. But that cause has been there since Boxing Day. But it hasn't been taken up by the team. That cause was there at Wembley. Surely there was a cause at Wembley to say we can win the first part in 24 years. We didn't. Surely there's a, there's a, a cause now to say we can finish in a Champions League position or at very lowest, fifth or sixth, that's got to be taken. What concerns me a little bit is that it hasn't been taken all 2023. Um, <clears throat> since Boxing Day, we've had one win and only scored three goals. We're talking about the, the Premier League. Uh, and that's awful. I don't want to sound too pessimistic and I don't want to sound too critical of the squad because I've been thrilled to bits with the season we've had. And if the season was finished now and we finished fifth and we'd been to a cup final, I would say having had last season the way it was, that has been sensational. The, the concern I've got <clears throat> is making certain between now and the end, because there's quite a way to go. I mean, the thing can flop hugely between now and the end of the season. The, the team do themselves proud. The players owe it to themselves to, to get back to being bubbly, being effervescent, to wanting things to happen. They owe it to themselves. They've done so magnificently. The great worry we've all got is they've all been punched. They've punched above their weight so well for half a season can you do it for a full season or do you suddenly go stale and reality set in? And um, that is what I'm concerned about. We have done brilliantly, but we have looked since the dawn of 2023, we've played the same way all the time. Attractive parts of games, 
let goals in. It ought to be not conceded from set pieces and haven't looked like scoring. It, there's a great morale lifter to be done by Eddie this week. And then there's tweaking of tactics and tweaking of the team because something's got to change um, and you can only do that through bravery. Did, did you see in the final, did you take away anything about where Newcastle need to strengthen in the summer in terms of positions? In the summer? <clears throat> oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I was so concerned between now and the end of summer to see where we end up because we could end up in the Champions League in one of the minor European competitions or not in Europe whatsoever. Um, in the summer, there's a lot of strengthening to be done. because, But we've got to remember, everybody's going on. This is a team rebuilding programme and Newcastle will, without question, I will repeat it, reach for the stars and get there. We will win things in the future, absolutely no question. What we've also got to remember, Andrew, is that our rebuilding programme, we've started from a, a lower base than anybody else. Everybody's talking about Manchester United, aren't they wonderful, isn't Den Haag wonderful, they've won <coughs> their first trophy in a while, etc., etc. But their starting base was so much higher than ours and, and and that is what we've got to remember. We started from a relegation base. So it takes a little while longer for us than it does for Manchester United, say, uh, to reach for the stars. But to do it, we've got to look at this squad and say, just off the top of my head, we need a left back. We signed the cover right back, with the young lad from West Ham, but we need a left back. Uh you could say we need a central defender. We certainly need two midfield players and we certainly need a, a striker who can score goals. Um, so, you know, there's a left-back, two midfield and a striker before we start really deeply thinking about the situation. <clears throat> because as we stand, things aren't right. I mean, Burns not a left-back and that's been proved time and time. The more he plays, bless him, the more it becomes obvious he's a centre-half playing at left-back. Uh, Target has been unfit. He will unquestionably come in the team and get his chance before the end of the season just to balance up the back four. But we need a left back. We need midfield because we can... You've got it. What we have got has done so well that we pat them on the back. But the difference between where we are and a consistent top four team is very significant. Also, if you look at the benches... Look at our bench at Wembley and their bench at Wembley. The difference in quality and in depth is massive. And that has to be addressed by us. Um, <clears throat> there's no question at all that uh, we need to really push the boat out in the summer if we do not want to lose a bit of impetus. And I've got a feeling, and I hope I'm true, that Amanda and the rest of the uh, directors and the, the chairman who was at Wembley realise two things. First of all, this squad has done magnificently, but it's reached its zenith. And secondly, if they're as ambitious as they say they are, and Amanda was having us win the FA Cup, the League Cup, the Premier League and the Champions League at the end of Wembley, if you remember, and long term, that is unquestionably the aim. But if that is the aim, then some significant work's got to be done this summer to get us not there, but one step closer. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree with you there, John, especially on, on, on the depth. I mean, it was scary to see them being able to bring on 
you know, an eighty million pound defender and Harry Maguire, regardless of what you think of him, you know, big price tag, Sancho. Yeah. You know, some really good players and they, they, they shut up the shop and then they brought on Sancho just in case. It was we, it was scary in comparison to what Newcastle could do. And we bring we bring on Richie, bless him, who I don't want to, who's been a great servant to us, but is well past his sell by date. And Elliot Anderson, who's gonna be a good player, but is a very, very young lad with very limited experience. We bring them on the bench for a showpiece final and Manchester United bring on who they bring on. Um <laughs> And by the way, Manchester United aren't the finished article. They're they're rebuilding, but there's a gap between us and them in terms of progress overall, long term. And then there's a gap further on to the to the to the Manchester cities of this world. Who of course Newcastle play on Saturday. Before we get into Manchester City, John. Just talk uh, to me. Give me a couple of positives that you took away from the weekend. Now, we know Newcastle United didn't win, but you know when you reflect and you're searching for, for a couple of positives, what, what are you taking from the game? I'm taking from the game, first and foremost, and it might seem like a small positive, but it's not, is the fact that against Liverpool, we went two down in very quick succession. One goal followed by another. Very quick succession. At Wembley, we went two down in very quick succession. One goal followed by another very quickly. In both cases, our heads could have dropped, we could have stacked our hand, and in the old day, old days, if Ashley and Bruce we would have done exactly that. We kept playing, we kept having a go, <clears throat> we kept our shape, we kept our dignity, we weren't humiliated. That was very, very important, and that shone through, and it shone through because of the camaraderie there, are, there is between the players. We have built so much on one for all and all for one this season, and it has worked for us so much. That was <clears throat> that was a big, big positive. Um, there was a positive, I guess, when Isaac came on. He brightened us up um, so much uh, up top. And, you know, there's a big decision to be made with him. He's, in, he's a club record, £60 million striker. We aren't scoring goals. He's been here six months. I know I know that he's had an injury layoff in that time. But he's been here six months. We're still reluctant to start him. How is he seen? Is he a centre-forward? Is he a 10? Is he a wide player? This, we, this is an ideal time now to bite the bullet, stick him in for a run in the side and see what we get out of him. If he was worth £60 million, of the new owner's money, which is big deal, he's going to bring something to the table, surely. And now's the time to find out. Because in six months, we've found out very little about him, Andrew. Mm. I mean, I was I was really impressed with him, as you were there by the sounds of it, John, when he came on. I've said uh, earlier this week, he was arguably, in my opinion, Newcastle's man of the match. I think he changed the tempo. Uh, but we'll start with that big question then, John. Does Isaac start against Manchester City on Saturday? He's got to. He's, as I say, he's 60 million. We've got the, the, the League Cup final out of the way, and I mean that in a nice way. It doesn't, quali- doesn't muddy the pitch, if you like, because I think Gordon has to start as well. Something different has got to happen. We've got to get out of this malaise, out of the rut, if you like, if, if the way we've played and the results we've got in 2023. Now, <clears throat> that's got to be part morale part tweaking of tactics and part fresh faces to freshen up the side. We know that Nick Pope will be back in goal at Man City and I think you've got to go with Gordon and Isaac because 
you've got to change the faces. If we, if Eddie stays loyal and he's very good at loyalty to the to usual players, they are mentally exhausted. They've run out of ideas. They're running on. It's like a car running on an empty tank of petrol. Um, it, it's got to be changed in two. And it's very limited when you look at the bench at Wembley. It's very limited what you can do. But what you can do is start £100 million worth of talent, which is Isaac and Gordon. Gordon, I know why he's been just put in slowly, because he couldn't play in the final. But that's out the way now. He could play every game. Isaac could play every game. You've got to give them both a chance. Otherwise, why did you spend all that money? So who do those two come in for then? Are you assuming Isaac comes in for Wilson? They're not going to start together, in your no, opinion? No, Callum Wilson, Callum Wilson to go out. He's very the World Cup. I've been so disappointed in him because he, he, he's got all the basics of being a good striker. He looks so far off the pole, off the pace, so rusty, and so lethargic. Uh, he scored one goal, I think, in, last, in his last 13 ga- games for us. And I'm afraid he's got to go out the side. And I'm afraid this is a tough old world. I would take some maximum out and play Gordon because his best position is wide left. But you've got to start Gordon and Isaac, and you've got to get them in the team, whichever way Eddie wants to get them in the team. Um, Isaac for Wilson is an obvious way of getting him in, and you can put Gordon in anywhere along the line. But at the moment, I would probably put him in first for Maxi. Do you think that Eddie Howe got it wrong on, on Sunday in terms of starting Wilson over Isaac? <laughs> I always thought he would. Um, it's easy with hindsight to say yes, because uh, I, I thought uh, Wilson was very, very poor. Not average, he was poor. And Isaac gave them a huge lift when he come on. So it's very easy to say that should happen. But Wilson's got such a history of this club as being the greatest potential goal scorer, perhaps in the past, the only goal scorer we've got. And... and he started the season like an express train before the World Cup. And cynics would say that's why he started like an express train, because he wanted to go to the World Cup. So I knew that he would. I knew in my heart he would start with Wilson. So I never considered anything else, because you knew he was going to start with Wilson, because he's a Wilson fan and he's a loyal manager. Um, but I think even... Eddie must now run out of patience and say, we've got to try something different. We must try something different. And and that means Isaac's got to start. And, and, and for me, Gordon's got to start because apart from Pope, which isn't a change, it's reverting to nature, what other changes are we going to make? And, you know, I would leave Joe Linton in midfield and play, and play Gordon wide and play Isaac at centre forward. Um, I mean, Eddie Howe definitely seems keen to see Wilson and Isaac in the, in the starting eleven. He said in the press conference after the Cup final that he thought the, the two of them played well together. So, you know, we could see maybe even Isaac start on that left and play. He thought maximum. Wilson played well. He thought, he thought the two linked I know up he together. Said that. I know. I'm suggesting that Wilson didn't play well. Well, I think, I think the, 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 the consensus is, is probably that. But, I mean, we, what I'm, what we, we could see maybe yes, Isaac play on, them on as the a left. Pair. Um, because I think Isaac has shown that he can't. He likes to drift in from 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 that wide position. But then again, 
you know, St. Maximin's an interesting one because I, f I feel like, he, he, you know, he, he was one of Newcastle's better players in the final, John. He, he didn't perform as we'd all hope to with all the, the cameras and lights on him. But I feel like he he needs a run of games. He needs three, four run of games start just to see if he can do it, just to see if he can cut it in this side. And then we make a rounded decision uh, or Eddie Howe makes a rounded would decision on his future. So I, I'm not too sure you, he'll drop out on Saturday. Would you play Gordon? And would you? in what position would you play him then, if you, if you did play him? Do you see... Do you know what? I wouldn't play Gordon on, on Saturday. I don't think anyhow will, and I, I personally wouldn't. I think he'll start on the bench and be used off the bench. I think Eddie Howe will go with the same side that started on Saturday. If Bruno's fit, that's the big question. If Bruno's fit, of it'll course. be the same side. Um, You know, if it was me... Wilson would be out the side and Isaac would be in. Isaac should have started the final, in my view. And then I, then I would I would leave it as, as it is, you know, but I well, think... Can, can, I, can I say to you, if if Eddie does that, and he, he, as we've repeatedly said, he's one of the most loyal match managers I've ever known. If Eddie does that and Newcastle lose at Manchester City, and you could argue that any 11 Newcastle put out, capable of losing in Manchester City but he will be accused of being too loyal because as I say if you start the 11 that started in the cup final what's changed in 2023 what what is going to change you can it I know it was your hope and it was every Geordie's hope, and it was my hope in my heart, if not in my head. You can't turn it on like a tap just because we were at Wembley. We have played consistently, averagely, and results-wise, poorly all this year. I mean, I will repeat, on Boxing Day, we were third. And, and Spurs in Manchester United were trailing us. Now, Spurs are four ahead of us, Albeit the games in hand, but in, in Manchester United eight, we have not. We have won one game since Boxing Day in the league, and that was in the 89th minute against Fulham. So something's got to happen. And quite frankly, if that's the team sheet at Manchester City, nothing has happened. I think. I think one position which might be up for grabs is, is left back. I think if Matt Target is fit, and I know it's a big game to throw him into. But I think if Matt Target is re ready, I think we could see him come in at left back for Dan Byrne. I mean, I would play him left back at Sam for for Byrne straight away. It's a matter of I don't know how Matt Sharp he is, never having started for so long. Is he Matt Sharp enough to start? Because I tell you what, if you're not, Man City ain't the place to play, mate. Because with the way their forwards intertwine and at pace and one touch. And you, whether you're facing Mares or whether you're facing Foden or whether Grealish comes across, you're in trouble. But I mean that is an automatic change. Um, when, if, and when. But it's a matter of is he is he ready for this one? Uh, and by the way, it, it the one change there will be, which will not be the cup final side, will be Pope, of course. 
Yes, yes. Um, although I thought Carice Carius did 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 very well, but he's obviously not going to keep Pope out of the side. It, it wasn't nothing was his fault, no. But he's not going to keep Pope out now. You mentioned a host of names there, John. That Newcastle Knight will have to keep quiet. Of course, Manchester City were in the FA Cup on Tuesday evening, um, yeah. and they beat Bristol City three 0 Foden got two. De Bruyne got the other one. The team though was pretty much what what you would say was maybe their second string, um, and that's yep. you know that, that might even be a little bit harsh. It's it's more it would be most uh, teams' first team. No Haaland, no Walker, no Grealish, no Gundogan. They were all on the bench, didn't come on. Uh, Foden, who's had a bit of a tough time of it late, grabs two. De Bruyne, obviously first team, grabs another. I mean, you know, you've got all them players rested, and then you've got Foden, for example, who's not had it at the best time of it. Scoring two, he'd walk into Newcastle side with ease. You know, Listen, Newcastle it, low on confidence. It doesn't sound like the perfect mix to get over a cup final defeat, does it? Oh, it's it's a nightmare. It is arguably the hardest game of the season in the Premier League for Newcastle or any other side for Manchester City away. I mean, this this club has won four titles out the last five. Now, when you were mentioning who was on the field last night and who was subs for City, isn't that what we were just talking about when you looked at the you look at the Newcastle United squad and you look at our bench? I mean, we are trying to be Man City. Now that wasn't going to happen this season. It isn't going to happen next. It, we're going to get closer to them, please, by buying correctly in the summer. But we ain't going to be. They can. It's very difficult to say which is their first team and which is their, their, their shadow team because they have a squad of about 20 players and they can change them and the side doesn't suffer because they've got that many quality, quality stars. And, you know, there's no question about that. This is a, a, a horrendous match to come back. But, you know, it's no good just lying down and accepting it if you're the Newcastle players and say, well, we're bound to get beat there, so we'll get beat there. You wake up, you've then lost three games on the trot and you're under pressure, you're tumbling down the table and, you know, you'll feel like, you know, King Canute trying to keep the water back for the rest of the season. You know, we've got to try to have a go at this. And Eddie... This is the biggest test Eddie's had since he come here because he's got everything right, etc. He has now got to write everything that's gone wrong in 2023 just to keep the season afloat. I mean, what I will say, as much as it is a nightmare mix and a nightmare fixture to bounce back from, I, there's no doubt in that the commitment and effort of whoever starts for Newcastle on Saturday, they will be given their, their all. And Eddie's message in the days building up will definitely be you can go out there and you can beat you can beat them. You can get back to winning ways. But, John, at the same time... <laughs> there you go again. You can beat them and back the winning ways. Tell me how we're going to do that, Andrew. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a separate point. But what I'm saying is his 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 attitude, you know, in, 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 in the, at the training ground and going into Saturday will not be a defeatist one. It won't be like it would have been under Steve Bruce or maybe even under Rafa Benitez where, you know, it points it, it points it, 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 a bonus. You know, he will be saying to his team... You can get the better of them. Yeah, we haven't had it the best way, and he'll yeah. be, you know, he, that's, he, that's, he's got confidence in his side, and that's what you need. 
That's true, yes, but it hasn't worked so far, has it, this year? No, it, it hasn't, but it's, you've got a better chance of getting a win against Manchester City if you're telling the players you believe in them and they believe in themselves than if you have, as you say, just sitting down, I'll lying take, down. I'll in... take your word for it, mate. I'll take your word for it. Uh, that, that's true. Um, I think you've got to be careful as well, Andrew, that you, you don't end up as a manager uh, repeating parrot-like what you've said many, many times, well, every game before. Um, and Jack John, who was very unloved up here, but very successful elsewhere as a manager, always said a manager's got a very uh, average shelf life. We're not talking about Eddie Howe now, of course. I mean, but we're generalising about the job of manager because players switch off when they hear you say the exact same thing week in, week out. Of course, we're not talking about Eddie because Eddie's just come and it's been sensational and it's been wonderful. But sometimes you've got to come up with something else and not, you know, sometimes you've got to not say to a side, we can beat these if we're best. You've got to tell them how you're going to beat these. Yeah, and I'm sure you will be doing that. I mean, I was, I mean, go on then. If you're, if you're Eddie Howe, then and we've, we've kind of established you, you're not going to be telling the players you're brilliant and you can do it. What are you, what are you telling them then? Well, that's up to him. He's the adaptation. What do you tell them? You're the optimist. What are you going to tell well, them? I think, as I've just said there, I, I think anyhow we'll be talking them up. I think yes, but what be... would you what would you tell them to get the to change well, if, 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 this if it, train? Yeah, I would be working all hours of the day sorting out that defence because the mistakes of recent the goals have conceded. They've been punished for it, and then we've relied on luck. We've relied on some good saves, some carries in that final. Manchester City, you know, that luck will run out, and it could be a three, four, five nil thrashing. I think because the defence just seems to be switching off at the wrong time, lack of communication, poor judgments, you know. And this is like you say, the best defence in the league. But we need to get back to that. So if I was anyhow on the coaching staff, I would be going over these tapes and and really hitting home the importance of just doing the basics, because I think that's that's been their downfall. You then look up top, it turns to personnel. You know, you, I think it's it's one of those, isn't it? You've got to take your chances when they come come to you. And I think what was lacking on Sunday in the final was just a little bit of drive and a little bit of intent. They were quite happy to go side to side and backwards, looking for the opening. But when Bruno picked up that knock, John, Newcastle lost a bit of that intent. I thought Isaac had it, but he looked like to be the only one that had it. When the ball came to Maxi, he tried his best. I think he needs to work out you know, how to be a bit sharper, a bit quicker. And I think he needs to try and get that pressing action back as well. Because if they'd pressed Manchester United, and we saw a couple of examples, they, they, would, have, they would have had a better opportunity to get back into that game. And they've just... They've just stepped off a little bit and it'll be down to tiredness and it's not that easy to do against Manchester City, but we know they like to pass it around. So hopefully you can you can you can get them pressing again, because I think that's really key as well. I think mental mental tiredness, there's no physical tiredness. They've played more less games than most sides in the Do you not think I mean the, I think I think they look I I do think they look I think they look shattered. What? As in tired yeah. as opposed to mentally yeah. tired. I well, if you, there's a reason if they're you not pressing. Man, if you look at Manchester United's build-up to the final, they played literally twice the number of games because of Europe in the build-up to the final as we played. Yet we looked leggy 
and and they played in the way they normally played. Den Hog come out today, you probably noticed and said, we don't mind playing lots of games because lots of games keep you sharp mentally, physically and alert and etc, etc. So just to pay, if you want to be tired, you are tired. An excuse um, for players. They cannot physically be tired because if they, if they don't blow the rest of the season and they make you be physically tired, European program to go on top of up in league. Um, they, it's it's things can mind games can play so much into the hands where you, you believe you're this, you believe you're that, you believe you're that. The difficulty with the back four, as you say, they're not doing the simple things. They're making mistakes off set pieces, which is absolutely horrendous. If you if you have a coach to think we're we're getting done on self, on set pieces, not open play. Um, but there's not a lot they can do with the back four in terms of if you wish to change it. Like, you can freshen up the front if you wish to play Isaac or Gordon. You can't freshen up the back, really, in terms of if target is not deemed to be sharp enough to go straight back on the side. If he was, I would change that absolutely straight away without the shadow of doubt. Um, but is he ready? Outside of that, unless you go back to the old days and dust down Lascelles, which I don't think he's going to do for one moment, etc., uh, etc., et you can't change it back much. Potentially, if Target is fit, maybe you could see Burnham Botman potentially in the middle. I, I just feel like Cher, I feel like both of them have probably, have probably come down a peg, both Cher and, and Botman, and I feel like Newcastle probably will go out and in time, get a, a, another kind of top-class defender to play alongside yeah. Botman. All, all, all three at the back, the two centre-halves and Byrne have dropped have dropped a, a peg down from what the performances were. Um, and yes, it's uh, two out of three for the two centre-halves once you you got target back on the side. Um, but we've got to wait and see what happens. The interesting thing is that all right, to a certain extent, Man City might look a lost cause and probably is, especially the way we're playing now. Uh, but three of the four games after that are winnable. And, and Newcastle have got to do, have got to get wins there. And I tell you what, they're exactly the same as the winnable games we've had in 2023, which we haven't won. We've drawn. And that's why we've dropped out the top four, because we've drawn winnable games. Now, if that continues when we play Wolves and Nottingham Forest, um, in a whoever's the other one, if that continues, uh, then we are in dire trouble and we are going to drift uh, away to just above mid-table. Yeah, I was just going to mention mention that, so I'm glad you, uh, you, you did, John. Um, just a word on Bruno then. You know, he picked up that knock. He played on. I know it was a cup final, but he didn't look. It, I mean, it looked horrendous. You grimaced when you watched it on the replay. He probably should have come off. Uh, you know, because for those 15, 20 minutes he was on the pitch, he was a, largely a bystander because he couldn't really run. And then he, we seen him in the mix zone. He was he walked past limping. So who knows if he's going to be fit for for Saturday? Well, I'm sure we. I say we'll find out in any hours press conference on Friday. He'll say one thing and the other thing might happen, but. 
you watched him in that opening 50 minutes hour against Manchester United in the final. He's absolutely just a class above. Brilliant, brilliant player. Him and Joe Linton, actually, I thought were really good. Good little partnership going on there. Newcastle need Bruno fit and raring to go. If John, he's only 85, 90% fit for, for Saturday, do you risk it or do you say, right, sit this one out, the winnable no. games are coming? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't risk it. If he's not 100% and absolutely on blob, I wouldn't risk it. Because you risk an 80% Bruno and you lose a Man City, which is predictable. We could lose a Man City with him in the side. But we would have more chance. But you risk him in a game where the bookies would say you're going to lose it because of Newcastle's form and because of City at home, etc., etc., then you have them out for the ones you can win, like Wolves and uh, Forest, or in the third ones, West Ham, and you have them out for that, then you draw instead of winning. We saw how much we missed him in the three games when he was suspended. We didn't win one of them. We normally don't win when he's not in the side. So you don't risk him unless he's absolutely... 100% you go with Joe Linton, Willick and Longstaff on uh, on Saturday lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. And Elliot Anderson potentially an option as well, but might be too... Or, or Anderson's a, the other option, absolutely. Yes. Forgive me, Elliot. Yes, that's another option. Um, I actually think, John, because in, in, in recent weeks, what we've seen is we've seen teams kind of say in Newcastle, you have the ball and you come on to, on to us. Let's see what you can do when you've got the ball. You know, 61% possession against Manchester United. Manchester United didn't press. They were happy to sit back. And when they could hit them on the counter, they did so. Saturday, it might be the first time in quite a while when Newcastle aren't going to have the large proportion of the ball. And they might be able to revert back to that quick counter-attacking style that we saw earlier in the in the season. What worked the last time these two teams faced a 3-3 draw against up at St James's Park back in August. And it, it, it actually, you know, it, it could play into their favour. What they've got to do in that instance is when they do counter, when they do get into the box, they've got to take their chances. Uh, but I do think... How often have you said that, Andrew? Yeah, too we, many we times, We never do John. take their chances, do we? Too many times. But I do think the way Manchester City will approach this game, you know, in terms of having a lot of the ball and, and passing it about, if Newcastle can just find that little bit extra and just press like they used to, you know they could have they could have a good afternoon on Saturday. I'm not expecting them to have a good afternoon on Saturday, but they they the theory is absolutely brilliant and is absolutely correct. If if City come on to us, then you would hope with the pace of people like Almirin who can carry the ball <coughs> an awful long way in a very short space of time, and we would be able on the counter attack um, to get amongst them and cause a few problems. It is possibly, you know, the, the, it is possibly the most difficult match you could have to come out of a cup final. Man City away. Man City at home would be much better. By the way, can you remember when we played Man City at home and we drew 3-3, 3-1 up and for an hour we pulverised them. I mean, I can remember it, but it seems like many moons ago and it's just earlier this season. But weren't we fresh, vibrant, pressed high up the pitch, looked Everything that we now look a bit pedantic, a bit weary and careworn 
And, you know, that was us at our best uh, when we played Man City. It might have only been a draw, uh, but it was against a great side and we're 3-1 up after an hour. Um, but this is, seems to be a very different side now with a with a very different agenda. Yes, we can hope. And yes, we can make out a case sitting here um, to do well against Manchester City, just as we made out a case sitting here at the same time last week of why we could do well at Wembley. And I'm just hoping to see that happen uh, on the pitch uh, instead of just, you know, the theory of why it can. It can, but will it? Um, and really, we've got to get through this as best we can and then look to pick up points. And by the way, that's not sacrificing this game. Um, by any means, because uh, you can't afford to do that. And you don't know. You can hit them with a sucker punch. You don't know what's going to happen. They can do something absolutely ridiculous and be trailing within five minutes, etc., etc., etc. But we've got to somehow get out of this rut we're in if where we just don't win games. And, and that has been... Basically, the way it is this this year since since Boxing Day, and I guess as well as much the positive in you say is right. Newcastle got to win because they're chasing Spurs down, get back in that top four. They've also got to win, John, because if you look right behind you, here comes Fulham, oh. and here comes a resurgent Liverpool. So, you know, it's a tough game, yes, but Eddie Howe will say it is what it is. We're good enough, you know. We've shown we're good enough against the top sides early in the season. But they've got to be very aware that Fulham are now starting to chase them down as well. And, it, you know, getting back to winning ways, it's obviously, obviously it's crucial, but it really is crucial, isn't it? Oh, um, I mean, re truthfully, it is. I mean, it's hard to believe <coughs> that on Boxing Day, when, when we won that game, that Manchester United were trailed off beneath us. Um, I think Spurs were, were next to us and then Manchester United. And now Manchester United have almost disappeared into the white blue yonder above us. We don't talk about catching Manchester United anymore. We talk about possibly catching Spurs and stopping the teams below us. From, because we were third for quite a while, Andrew. In this league, we were third for quite a while. We're now fifth and worried about Fulham nipping us and, and becoming sixth and what happens after that. Um, and it's not been pessimistic, you know, um, not at all. I mean, because you love a club doesn't mean you can't accept reality um, uh, and accept, if you like, that certain things need to be done, certain things need to be, players need to be bought in the summer, that we've got to redress the balance. Blind faith, to me, is just ignoring facts and what your eyes tell you. That is my definition of blind faith. You can absolutely adore a club and be a great, great fan of a club and it be in your heart, but still accept reality. And reality is at the moment that that we are struggling. Having said that, isn't it wonderful to be struggling where we are struggling and struggling at the bottom of the league, which is where for a decade and a half, the bar one season was our domain. So I... I keep reminding myself of that because I'm so grateful that that no longer happens. It, You know what? Newcastle have made a road for their back, you know. If they, by, by flying out the traps at the start of this season, being third at, at the turn of the year, if you like, 
and making a cup final. And now we see if they did it the other way on, if we'd started the season the way we are at the moment and then come with a rush at the end, expectations wouldn't be so huge. Disappointment wouldn't be so huge of going from third to say sixth or seventh. And if we'd only done it the other way on, in a way, we've made a rod for our own backs, the players in Eddie, by doing so well in the first half of the season that you can actually feel disappointed if you finish about six or seventh. Whereas if we'd been mid-table and gone up to six or seven, would have said, hey, was it wasn't that class. That wasn't that great. And so it's tough on the, on the boys, but it's it's the way it is and it's the way life is. And it isn't the only reason I'm keep having a, a, a dip and say, let's let's change this trend. It is a trend. Let's accept it's a trend. And I think Eddie in his heart will. It's no good coming along every day and saying we are good enough. If we stop giving goals away and we start scoring goals, we'll win matches. So would everybody if they did that. You can't go around just saying that all the time. You've got to do something about it. And I'm certain in his heart, he knows we overpunched our weight. And now we're trying to, to, to consolidate and not because it isn't too late. It isn't too late, but it will be shortly if we don't change the trend. And if we do, we can still say at the end of the season, it's been a good season and we're terribly grateful and thank you so much. Um, but some of these lads owe it to themselves to do it in the rest of the season. Because I tell you what, there's some lads that's playing now that's been part of this wonderful rise to third top and going to Wembley who will not be with Newcastle next season and certainly won't the season after. So do it now and enjoy it. Get into Europe, consolidate your position within the club, be it in the team or in the subs bench, and enjoy playing in Europe next season because it's going to become too late for you. Because they're going to get jettisoned along the way. As Chris Wood has come and gone. As Shelby has gone. As, as, as other players. Fernandez, who did very well for us at one time. People on loan. That we don't expect to be back. Whether that's Isaac Caden. And, uh, Kieran Clark. Etc. <clears throat> Etc. Et Carl Darlow. You know. It, Newcastle are a changing landscape. So let the players that are here make the most of it. I mean, is Matt Ritchie going to be here next season? Is Jamal Lewis going to be here next season? Etc. Uh, Etc. Et I don't. Is Lascelles going to be here next season? So you know, make the most of it. Don't let it slip away and have a few regrets when it's all over. It's still possible to be, do something about it, but only if we start getting our chins up getting back to doing what we did well, which was just basics, you know. There wasn't anything intricate about it. It was just everybody fighting for one another, well-organised and doing the basics, not trying to be fancy doing the basics. Just before I ask you for your result prediction then, John, just a quick word on the news that Miguel Almiron has signed a new three-and-a-half-year deal at Newcastle United. Obviously, start of the season in blistering form, 10 goals mm. um, this season. It's it's dropped off a little bit, you know. He did plenty of running, but the end product wasn't there against my night in the final. I mean, he wasn't yeah. the only one. But uh, your thoughts on the, on the fact he signed that new deal? He's earned the contract. He's top scorer. He's gotten the double figures. I mean, when you consider that Miggy has got ten goals a season and he got one last season, and you know, it, it is a huge improvement. He has had a terrific off for the season. He has dropped off a little, but tell me a player that hasn't. 
tell me a player that hasn't dropped off just a little from what they were at Christmas and before Christmas. They've all dropped off. And he deserves it because, you know what, when I say Newcastle are a changing uh, landscape, and they are, Miggy's got a place in it. What? That's why he's got a three-and-a-half-year contract. What he's got to decide for himself is, is that place going to be an automatic starter or is it going to be a bench player? I'm talking about the season and a half's time when other players have come in. That is up to him. But he is going to be... He deserves to be part of it, whether he ends up as a bench player or whether he ends up as a regular in the first team because his improvement continues. He's going to be part of it. He's not going to be sold in the summer like we've talked about Lascelles and Jamal Lewis and and um, maybe may even people like uh, um, Sam Maximum, etc. You know, you're going to get changes, but he's not going to be one of them. What he's got to do is cement his, his starting place as opposed to being on the bench. But he's got a future here, and I'm, I'm glad to see him tied down. And I'm not surprised to see him tied down. He's earned it this season. He's got to continue to earn it, otherwise he's a bench player. Great news for the Miguel Alf Muon fan club. We had a huge party uh, after that news dropped. Jim, it wasn't a party about the cup final. Um, give me your result prediction then, John. How is it going to go on Saturday? I have never forecast Newcastle to lose since Boxing Day and they've only won one, which was Fulham. Uh, I can't continue like this. This is one match too far in the opposition is an opposition too far. I think it's what we do after City, where three matches out of four are instantly uh, winnable. The fourth is Manchester United at home and we might fancy winning that in view of what happened at Wembley. But I've got to go with my head uh, and I've got to say I, I think Newcastle will lose with Manchester City on Saturday. Do you know what, John? Newcastle are going to win. They're going to win. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there. They're going to win. I'm going to bounce back. You know what? You've done that all 2023 and you've been wrong every game in 2023. And you know what I love about you? The naivety of youth. You still say exactly the same thing when faced with facts which are swept under the carpet very conveniently. In in in, in my defence, I did say they would um they would draw against West Ham, and I think I got that one right, sadly. So, so I I tell you what, did you get Wembley right? No. Will you get Man City right? I will get. Man did City you get right. Liverpool right? I can't. No, I don't think I did get Liverpool right. But hey, no, no, I know you didn't get it right. By the way, may I say, young Musgrove, that I hope that you're correct. Uh, because I, I, nobody, including you, would be more pleased than I would be if we won at City. But the only thing I would say to you, just as a little word of advice, don't hold your breath for an hour and a half, mate. You might end up in hospital. <laughs> well, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. But John, thank you for <laughs> this episode of the Everything Is Black and White podcast, the match preview to you guys listening. Hit that subscribe button on the podcast. Leave us a rating and review if you get the chance as well, and share the pod amongst you and your cast United supporting friends and family. Head over to the YouTube channel as well, where you'll see loads of exclusive content that you won't see elsewhere on our social media channels and head over to the website as well chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news. <laughs>